in the morning. We have Ray Haynes with us, and we are talking about the month of Elul and God's romance. We've we've talked about cows. We've <laughs> you know, and <laughs> we've talked about being stuck in stupid and uh, a much nicer way. When the wisdom breaks down, <laughs> yeah, I still go stuck in stupid. Well, I just you know went through a season about nine years, you know, and. Uh, it just couldn't, you know, you do, it's one thing about being stupid, but there's another thing, because Proverbs 12.1 says those who hate correction are stupid. Right. Not my words, that's God's words. Yeah. And it's not talking about intellectual lack. It's talking about, stu- when we say stupid, we've kind of redefined that word and used it as an insult, but stupid actually was a good summary for the the hardness of a heart that you would not change. And so that's bad, but it, there's something worse and that's when you get stuck there Mm. and that happened to me and so for many many years and so god really had to have one of those moments of one of those heart to heart kind of moments where and that was his description is you're stuck and stupid Mm. and so i've kept that for for all these years because (laughs) it was very transformative because you would not have thought i would not have thought i could have gotten to that place but there i was so well, in light of Elul, I, I always call it my Jonah moment. You know, I, sure. I, I had those times where I was just being stubborn and not wanting to do what I knew God was telling me to do, and then had to go through some things to get me there. And I relate to Jonah. I, I yeah. do. I, I, I can. One of my favorite prophets. I think about this guy going. <laughs> you spent three days inside a, a fish, a whale, and you're still this way. It's like, what's it going to take for you? Yeah. All right. So we're we're not done with the cows. We introduce you to Hather, but remember. Uh, the story goes on a bit because we're talking about looking at the side of us and being honest about what's going on, this stuck and stupid quality that we can get to. Because uh, after the golden calf, you know, when Moses comes down, he's, you know, he grinds it into powder and uh, he, seen, he sends the Levites in with swords to kill those who continued the false worship. And mm. he took the calf idly, you know, he ground it up powder, made him drink it. And this is very similar to a couple other punishments that are in the law. Number one is the, is the, is the punishment for an adulteress since the nation had committed harlotry with a false god. So this particular, you know, grinding up powder and drinking it, that's something you're going to see in the law coming up. Mm. And it's also, in Numbers 19, we see these rituals around the sacrifice of a red heifer, which is, again, eerily similar when he reduces the cow to ash, mixes the ash in water. The Kohen, or the priest, who is a direct descendant of Aaron, who made the golden calf, imitates Moses and symbolically reduces his own evil impulses to ash. The act that recalls the disgrace of Aaron brings purity for all of Israel. And I just want to plot back for just a moment and read the conversation with Moses and Aaron at that moment. And Moses says to Aaron, what did this people do to you? This is his older brother by you, three years old, three years, that you brought so great a sin upon them. And Aaron says, do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. You know the people that they're sent on evil. In other words, it ain't my fault. Uh, so when I talk about stuck and stupid, there you go. For they said to me, make us gods that we shall go before us. As for Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what's becoming him in another 40 days. And I said to them, whoever has any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me. I cast it in the fire and this calf came out. Those are his words. It's like, seriously. I didn't make it. It walked out of the fire. I mean, it was a miracle. But when you think about 
this whole thing about these creating things and God's coming into them, even Aaron clearly is so messed up, the, the poor thing. And so if Moses is still looking at his older brother, then he leaves in charge. It's like, really? Really? So I always thought, you know, you send the Levites out and they kill everybody who's stuck and stupid. But there you got Aaron. What about Aaron? For goodness sakes. Um, my goodness. I mean, why doesn't God just kill Aaron right there? But instead, he honor he puts him in this place where all the priesthood's going to come from him. It's yeah. like this doesn't make sense. But again, we talk about the red that red heifer, right? So, all priests involved in the red heifer sacrifice, even the one who merely carries the bucket, become impure in the process. He carries or bears the guilt of Aaron, thereby becoming the vessel of purification for the whole nation. Down through the generations, the same need was there because the same sin nature was there. In fact, maybe even worse, becomes the golden calf becomes the full-grown bull, a red heifer. So there's even a bit of that kind of focus saying, listen, you're still at the mount. Every time we do this red heifer, it's to deal with the priesthood because the very people I put in charge will not follow me. So... Fascinating little addition here. Mm -hmm. But there are several stone tablets that were found in a mine near Egypt that have handwriting believed to be that of Moses. They're from the Exodus era, and one appears to be a warning not to be seduced by the cult of Hathor, whose temple stood there. So these are right on the edge of Egypt. It orders them to clear the idol from the area and remove themselves from its influence. These are still there. We know that the Israelites encamped there for about a week after leaving Egypt on the way to Mount Sinai because the Bible tells us. Apparently, they stopped there to absorb the seasonal Hebrew slaves working in the mines who had stayed there out of fear of the plagues. Well, these plagues were coming. There were skin diseases and things like that. And think of COVID, right? So mm -hmm. they're in leprosy and these things. And so they're going, don't go back to Egypt right now. We're going to hold up. And so they never went back. So they're staying there. So when God delivers them after the 10th plague, they're going to pick these guys up. So it's likely that this mixed multitude, is what the Bible calls them, mm -hmm. were attached to the cult of Hathor. Because this is what initiated the whole golden calf incident. So we think it's these people who are who are actually living and working in around that, this idol. So Moses smashed the tablets on the ground, broke them, ground up the idol, made the people drink and sent the Levites to kill those who were still disregarding God. The next day, Moses returned for a second 40-day period to ask forgiveness for the Israelites and check out the conversation. Moses went back to Jehovah and said, Oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They've made themselves gods of gold, but now please forgive their sin. If not, then blot me out of the book you've written. Mm. I just, I never understand Moses. I'm always in awe of this guy. And Jehovah replied to Moses, whoever is sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. Now go. <laughs> He's like, not going to happen. Uh, Leave the people to the place I spoke of, and my angel will go before you. However, when the time comes for me to punish, I'll punish them, punish them for their sin. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you're stiff-necked people, and I might destroy you on the way. I, I love that laying up a God. So Moses, though, goodness, continued his appeal until God relented and agreed to go with them, but only because he was pleased with Moses. Listen to this conversation. And Jehovah said to Moses, I'll do the very thing you've asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Mm. You know, I know I harp a lot on the importance of the name of Jehovah. But when I listen, when I read that verse, this is from God's lips. Yeah. I know you by name. 
that means something to him. Yeah. You know, just calling him Lord or Father or whatever, that means something to him. Mm -hmm. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And Yehovah said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I'll proclaim my name, Yehovah, in your presence. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, Yehovah, Yehovah El, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. So let's break it down real quick. He's compassionate and great. Because this is, when he says, show me your glory, he tells him his name. And he shows him his, basically his face. This is who I am, compassionate and gracious to those who have sinned and repented. God created mankind and created the way we returned to him even before we fell. Yeshua is called the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, right? So rachamin means mercy. That part of that word, Rachem, means womb. It's teshuva. We're made to return to him. This is kind of where we get the idea of being born again, too. God desires atonement with mankind even after we sin. Why does he, you know, ask you, you know, why does he love us the way we mm -hmm. do? The very heart. Who is God? Compassionate and gracious. Keep in mind that God is revealing these things about himself right after the abominations of their worship of the golden calf, as we have already broke that down, right? And after it took all that time for Moses to convince him. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't even want to go. Yeah. So years later, the prophet Micah in chapter 7 breaks this down even more. Who is a God like you? Pardoning iniquity, passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. Mm. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea to show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. So again, one of the most important things we do here putting our feet in his sandals is we get to find out who God is because that's the first time God ever really reveals who he is and when he does what are the words? I am compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness maintaining love to thousands forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. You want to know who God is from his own lips that's who he is.